My friend Matthew Bracey in the house, Reverend Bracey at New Jerusalem with the great Pastor Lynch. And if you have your Bibles with you, would you turn to me to the, uh, to the book of Acts? The book of Acts. And we're going to read Acts chapter 4. Book of Acts, chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 31. The book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 31, and it reads this. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Amen, amen. Could you repeat? Could you repeat after me? Just, just one phrase I, I, I like to hear within our text. It says, when they had prayed. Can you say it one more time? When they had prayed. Amen, amen. So the, uh, the, um, the title is going to be The Power and Unity of Prayer. The Power and Unity of Prayer. Let us pray. Amen. Dear Lord, even now, do it one more time. Do it one more time. We can't go on last week victories. We can't go on last week anointings. Lord, we need you today. Even now, Lord, speak to us, to our hearts. You've been with us throughout the worship service. We ask that you be with us through the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 In order to understand where we are within the verse, we have to go back to the beginning. And don't you know, church, sometimes you have to go back to the beginning. Let's go back to where it all started. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, uh, it was the hour of prayer. Peter and John were going up to the temple for the house for the hour of prayer. Now, Peter and John were different, but yet they still were able to work together and even to pray together. And don't you know, even sometimes, even within a church, we may be different, but we need to learn how to work and even pray together. So they were going up to the hour of prayer. And within, within Israeli custom, the hour of prayer, it was three hours of prayer. It was the third hour. The second hour of prayer was the sixth hour. And the third hour of prayer was the ninth hour. Let me translate. That means the first hour of prayer was 9 o'clock. The second hour of prayer was, uh, was um, noon. And the third hour of prayer was 3 o'clock. Now, it says that they went up to the hour of prayer at the, at the, third, at the ninth hour. So this is at 3 o'clock, the third hour of prayer. Amen? So, 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 but not only that, it says that they prayed three times. It was three hours of prayer. Now, um, why did they pray so much? Because some, some will say that's a lot of times to be praying. But I come to think, I believe that they, the reason they prayed so much is because they really needed prayer. You know, when you're in desperate times, you know how much you need prayer. 
And, and I believe that, you know, they, they were under the Roman Empire. They, you know, so they were a nation who really prayed. Now, I can, I can further believe that this probable because, you know, we don't pray much, but when we get in trouble, you know, when we get in trouble, we don't miss a prayer meeting. When you get in trouble, you're not even late for service. There is a sense of urgency. And when things get, things get really bad, you ain't playing with God no more. You'll show up at the 9 o'clock prayer meeting. You'll show up at the noon prayer meeting. You'll show up at the 3 o'clock prayer meeting. You know, and some people say we have too many services. When you're really in trouble, you'll be at the 8 o'clock. You'll be at the 11 o'clock. You'll find a 4 o'clock. If you're really in trouble, you even find a 7 o'clock, you know? But yet, yet, we also see this throughout other places within Scripture. Will not Daniel pray three times a day? Will he not open up his window and spread his face towards Jerusalem and pray three times a day? Will not Jesus, within the Garden of Gethsemane, also pray three times? So they were in prayer. But not only that, during this time, there was um, a man who got dropped off. He was a lame man. So he got carried to the temple gate. He got carried to that gate called Beautiful. And he got carried to that gate. And, and, and one of the things I realized is that why would he go to that gate during these times? Because it said that he went daily. They dropped him off daily. And the reason that he went daily is because they were praying daily. Because if you're going to ask for alms, you want to be where high traffic is. You want to be where the crowd is. So if they're not showing up, he wouldn't show up. So being that he showed up, that only means that they, that, that they were showing up. So he's there paying off, but how would he know? Because not only did he know the time of prayer, but he also knew the place of prayer. This was the temple, that gate called Beautiful. Now, how would he know the place? Don't you know when you make something your habit and once you build a routine, don't you know other people will learn your routine? Other people will learn your routine. So if the church is in a routine of praying, don't you know that people will pick, even on the outside, will pick up on that routine? If the church is in the habit of, of worshiping whatever time, the, church, the people on the outside will pick up. So, so, so this temple was known more for that, than that gate called Beautiful. Uh, they were also known as the house of the Lord, but more than that, they were known as the house of prayer. Did not the Lord say that my house shall be called a house of prayer? So he knew their routine. And don't you know, sometimes even, even when people know your routine, they'll try to get you in trouble sometimes. They'll try to get you in trouble. Because this was, this was what, happened, what happened with Daniel. Don't you know his adversaries will learn his routine? They learned the place. Not only did they know, know the, the, maybe the times he prayed, they knew the place where he prayed. He'll open up his window and pray towards the Jerusalem, Jerusalem three times a day. And have you ever wondered, how did Judas know where to go find Jesus when he betrayed him? Have you ever thought about that? How did he know? Don't you know that Judas knew the place where Jesus would often pray? Because Jesus made praying a, a, a habit within his life. So Jesus would often pray at the Mount of Olives. 
at the Mount of Olives. So being that Jesus will pray at the Mount of Olives, Judas knows that if we're going to go get, get Jesus and if I'm going to betray him, he will be at the Mount of Olives. So he knew the place. Now, now, now not only that, being that he knew the place, at the place, you know, and let me, let me backtrack. Don't you know, even if you can't come to the church house and pray, you need to find a place where you can get with God. You need to have a place. You know, I used to sit on my, um, I don't have any more, but I used to sit on my love seat. I used to sit on my love seat, and I used to call it my prayer chair. You know, that, that's the, that's the, that was the place for me. Talking with Pastor Venice, Pastor Venice has, um, I think, I believe his wife told me that she didn't like it, but he had a pillow. He called it the pillow where he put his knees on the, the, the old pillow as he was sitting in prayer. Now, that was his place. Now, now John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church, and, and he has a brother, and um, I can't remember his brother's name right now, but he wrote over 6,000 hymns. Now, um, th- these two brothers were going to do great things, but they had a mother whose name was Savannah. Now, Savannah Wesley had 19 children. She had 19 children. Now, that's a lot of children. But yet, she still managed to find a place. She still managed to find a place with her and God. What she would do, she would take an hour out of her day to pray, and when she'll pray, she'll go find a bench, and she will put an apron over her head. She'll put an apron over her head. And when she put that apron over her head, that was a time between her and God. And all of her 19 children knew, when the apron is over her head, you better leave mama alone. No matter what you want, you better get it before she put that apron over her head because don't disturb her while she got the apron over her head. So we need to find a place. But not only that, verse 3 says that when this man saw uh, John and Peter that he will ask them for alms. In other words, he will ask them for money. Now, I'm not saying that he is, but perhaps they look like they were doing fairly well. I'm not saying that they were dressed like they were doing fairly well, but maybe they were. But perhaps it's the reason why he'll ask them for alms. Perhaps it's, it's what he saw on the outside. However, what was on John and Peter and even all the saints, it was much more than what he saw on the outside. And I'm here to tell you what we are are much more than what we see on the outside. Because what we are, the greatest is what is really on the inside. And I just want to tell you, I don't need no three-piece suit to preach to you. Suits don't change my preaching. Pastor said, you can dress casual because we go on a walk. I can preach with you in some jeans and a V-neck. You really don't need much because really it's not what's on the outside, but it's really what's on the inside. So, it's, so, 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 so really, it was what was on the inside that made all the difference. And so, so not only that, not only that, in verse 6, here, they'll say to him, silver and gold, I have none. Silver and gold, I have none. But what I have, I give to you. Don't you know one of the most important things you can give to people is Jesus? Amen. Have you ever, now, 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 they could have gave him alms, but I guarantee you the next day he would have been right back where he was sitting. Because don't you know, sometimes we say, if I can just get more money, my problems will go away. 
If I just got a raise, all my problems will go away. But church, I want to let you know that money do not change your situation. They could have gave him money, but at the end of the day, he would have still been lame. He said, silver and gold, I have none. But what I have, I give to you. And sometimes you only can give people what you have. And he says, in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus from Nazareth, get up and walk. In other words, he changed this lame man. And Reverend Jones, I just want to let you know, it's only Jesus who has the power of Jesus that has the power to change. It's only the power of Jesus that has the power to change our neighborhood. It's only the power of Jesus that has the power to change our community. It's only the power of Jesus that has the power to change our state. It's only the power of Jesus that has the power to change our nation. And it's only the power of Jesus that can have the power to change this world. When I last checked, only Jesus can make the lame walk. Only Jesus can open up the eyes of the blind. Only Jesus can heal the issue of blood. It's nobody but the power of Jesus. Not only that, not only that, not only that, this man was going to expect a handout. But it said, verse 7 said that Peter reached down, took his arm, and lifted him up. And at church, I want to let you know, it's not our commission to give our community a handout. But we have been commissioned to give our community a hand up. And how dare we not want to give somebody a hand up when we've been given a hand up ourselves? Did not the power of Jesus give us a hand up? Because when I last checked, we were all sinking in sin. When I last checked, the hemologist said, for I was sinking deep in sin, uh, far from the peaceful shores, and I, I was very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But it says, but the power, but the master of the sea, and he heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. I heard another song saying, it was love. It was love. It was love that lifted me. I, I hear David saying that I was in a horrible pit. David said I was in a horrible pit, and every time I tried to get out, I, I found myself sinking. I, I thought I was going to get out, but, but then my daughter Tamer got raped by her brother, and I found myself sinking again. So I started climbing out. Then, then Absalom killed my other son, so I found myself sinking again. So I just tried to see myself climbing out, and I thought I was almost there. But, 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 but then, then Absalom tried to dethrone me, so I found myself sinking again. But, but yet I'm not going to give up. I, I tried to climb out again. But then my, 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 I got a general Joe out that don't listen, so I found myself sinking again. So, so again, I tried to get out, but then Joab killed my son Absalom, so I found myself sinking again. So I'm not just in a pit, but I'm in a horrible pit. Church, have you ever been in a horrible pit? In the Maori clay, 
and you keep on fighting yourself, slipping. You thought you're getting your step, and you just slipped. So I kept on slipping. But I waited patiently on the Lord. I waited patiently on the Lord. And one thing, I came to find out that the Lord heard my cry. And praise you, I found out that the Lord will reach down. And he'll reach all the way down. And he will take your hand. And he will pick you up. Church, have you been picked up? But yet, yet this man got picked up. He's walking. He never, he always sat at the gate. But this Sunday is going to be different. This Sunday, he was not only going to just sit at the gates, but he was going to enter into the gates with thanksgiving. And he's going to enter into the courts with praise. So he went into the temple. And all those recognized him. That this man was lame. And all he can say that I've been changed. Perhaps this man will see an angel. And he will see the angel writing his name. And you can ask him what you see. He said, I know I've been changed. How do you know you've been changed? Because I see the angel and he has written my name. So he's been changed. But not only are they in the temple, but this celebration goes all the way to Solomon's porch. And being that it goes to Solomon's porch, the community sees the change that has taken place. And yet the big wigs, you know who the big wigs are? The leaders, the captains, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they all hear this testimony. Yeah, this lame man who was walking. So they want to know, what, by what power are y'all doing this? And they said, it's nothing but the power of Jesus. So now they got a problem. They got a problem with the name. You see, they may not have a problem with the name of Muhammad. They may not have a problem with the name of Farrakhan. But yet they happen to have a problem with the name of Jesus. You know, now that you see, the Jewish people, they didn't have a problem with Elohim, meaning Almighty God. They didn't have a problem with, 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 with El Shaddai, you know, meaning Mighty God. They did not have no problem with Jehovah Jireh, meaning the God who provides. They didn't have no problem with Jehovah Shalom, meaning the God of peace. But they have a problem with the name of Jesus. Don't you know that Jesus, the Hebrew meaning of Jesus' name is the same name as Joshua, which means Yahweh saves or Jehovah saves? And don't you know they have, any ironic that they have a problem with the only name that can save them? For there is no other name that we should be saved other than the name of Jesus. So they got a problem with the name of Jesus. So they said, we don't want y'all speaking no more and they threatened them, and they threatened their boldness. Remember that, because I'm going to come back to it later. They're, they threatened their boldness. So they found their boldness threatened. And so this was the issue within their day. In church, when I look around, when I turn on the, issue, the, the news, and I'm not talking about far away, I'm talking about right at home, there is truly an issue within our days. You know, uh, not even two months ago, 
officer, uh, his name is, um, is uh, let me find his name. His name is officer, someone, Sonny, Sonny Kim. Yes, that's it. Sonny Kim, murdered in Madisonville. That's an issue of our day. But not only, not only that, you know, um, Samuel Du Bois, footage released this week, released this week of a homicide. Even here within Cincinnati, you have Cincinnati on CNN. And not, not only that, this, this, I believe it's this Wednesday, you have a four-year-old shot in the head in Avondale. These are children. It's okay if you want to shoot up yourself. Like, like you said, that's your business. But how do you get a four-year-old in a crossfire? Do we have any respect for life? We don't care who we shoot. And this is right here. right here. Not only that, it's another murder the next day. Didn't even mention his name, but another murder. It seemed like it's a murder every day. We truly have an issue within our days. But yet, how are we to respond to these issues? You know, they'll respond to the issue of their day. They'll respond in um, um, verse uh, 20. In verse 20, they will say, um, um, so we can't help but speaking these things we have, we have uh, heard and seen. We can't help but doing that. But they, so, so they will respond. I'm sorry, I put down the wrong, wrong name. But um, let me see. I'm sorry, verse 24, they responded. I'm sorry, my mistake. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And so they responded. They didn't respond by saying we're going to boycott. They didn't respond by saying we're going to march down the city hall. They didn't respond by that. They responded by lifting up their voices in one accord. Lifting up their voices in one accord. And don't you know the best way, it's not the only way, but the best way the church can respond to the problems of our day. Don't you know it's by lifting up our voice on one accord. The only thing that's going to change anything within our community is prayer. And don't you know, when you have a corporal problem, don't you know you need corporal prayer? Yes, In other words, when you, have a community, when you have a community problem, you need community prayer. So prayer is the only thing that's going to change it. When I talked to Pastor Venice yesterday, he gave me his illustration on this. He gave me his illustration. He said it's as an orchestra. He, because this is more than the lifting up of voices. And let me explain. He says it's as an orchestra. It's as an orchestra, and within an orchestra, there are many instruments. There are many instruments, and everyone has their own skill within the particular expertise within the instrument they play. Am I right? Everyone has their own skill. And so, but yet, they all don't lift up their instruments at the same time. This would be chaotic. So they don't do that. They don't just lift up their instruments, but they lift up their instruments in a proper cue and timing. Well, how do they know they're cueing and timing? Because in the, in the front, there's a man holding a little stick. And this little stick does so much. Is that the right word for it? Do you call it a little stick? Catan? Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Not appropriate name. But Catan. And he's doing, I can't do it, but he's doing something, you know. But don't you know he's orchestrating the whole orchestra? Teaching them their cue and teaching them when they come in. And don't you know within the church? And, and just keep in mind, what if they take their eyes off the orchestra? What if they take their eyes off the conductor? What will happen? It'll be chaos. 
You know, and you know when y'all have directors up here, what would happen if y'all took your eyes off y'all director? It'll be chaos. But 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 yeah, don't you know that even within the church, when we lift up our voices, we can only be on one accord when we keep our eyes on the conductor. And the conductor, his name is Jesus. And, and, and when we keep our eyes on Jesus, he keeps everything on one accord. You see, I don't got time to be looking at others. I don't got time to be looking at who's doing this and who's doing that. You know, what's going on over here and what's going on over there. I just need to be doing my job. Because you've been looking at the others and the, and the conductor call your cue. And many times we're missing our cue because we're so busy worried about what other people are doing. You see, you see when, when I come in here, I'm not worried about what the choir is doing. I'm not worried about the songs that they're going to sing. I'm not worried about how Miss Terry and Miss Lynette going to play the piano. That's not my cue. I have one job to, I have one job to worry about. I need to worry about preaching. That's the only thing I have to do. So I just need to make sure I'm doing my job when my cue is called. And so that's how the conductor keeps everything within order. Amen? Amen. Amen. But, 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 but not only that, now we come to the content. We come to the content of, the, of our verse. Verse uh, uh, 31, it says, when they had prayed, when they had prayed. Don't you know, church, some things will never happen until we pray. You know, when they had prayed, when this verse let us know that something was about to happen. Something was about to happen. Because it says, when they had prayed. You know, and sometimes, don't you know that God want to bless, but it won't happen until we are praying? And we say we waiting on God. You say, well, you don't just keep on waiting, but you say you waiting on God, but perhaps God is waiting on you. Because when you pray, then God will do his part. But first, you got to do your part. Yes, sir. Let's give an, uh, um, an, uh, an example of this. In um, Ezekiel 22.30, within Ezekiel 22.30, it says that uh, the Lord said that, um, I want to try to quote it. The Lord said, I saw the man. I saw the man who was standing the gap, who was standing the gap, so, so, so that I wouldn't judge the nation, but rather heal the land. So the Lord was looking for a man to stand in the gap because there is power in heaven. But yet, in order for the power to get from one place to another place, there has to be a bridge. So the Lord is looking for somebody to stand in the gap so the power of heaven can come to the, down the power on earth. Now, don't you know that trains are very powerful? They are very powerful. But no matter how powerful a train is, if the tracks are not laid, it cannot get to where it needs to go. Don't you know our prayers are the tracks and God's power is the train? And when we lay the tracks, it gets where we need to go. Don't you know, um, I work over the bridge. I work, over the, uh, I work in Kentucky. But don't you know I cannot get to work if there's no bridge? No matter how powerful your car is, no matter how powerful your truck is, if you don't got that bridge, you're not going to get where you need to go. And so the Lord was looking for somebody to stand in the gap, but he said, I found none. He found none that would pray. In other words, he came to Wednesday night prayer meeting, and the prayer meeting was empty. 
He went and he found grandma's old prayer moaning bench, but grandma was passed on. So he looked, but he found none to stand in the gap. Also within, um, I believe it's uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the Lord says that, uh, the Lord says that 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, that's it. He said, if my people, if my people, sometimes we worry about what the world is doing, but the Lord said, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and return from their wicked ways, then he said, then I, then I will heal the land. Uh, we see an if then in there. He said, if then. If y'all do this, then I would do that. Don't never judge God for not having done his part. Don't never judge God on the den if you not, have not done the if. If my people do this, I will do this. In other words, this is an if-then relationship. Have you ever been in a relationship? This is an if-then relationship. That means if you do this, then I'm going to do this. In other words, you said we want, we want the Lord... To, you know, if you want the Lord to raise the dead, uh-huh. then, I mean, if we remove the stone, yes, then the Lord will raise the dead. Uh-huh. If we pick up our mat, then the Lord will help us to walk. But we have to meet our responsibility. Yes, if we wash in the pool of Shalom, then the Lord will open up our blind eyes. If we want the Lord to heal the bloodshed that's being shed within our, if we touch the hem of his garment, oh, yeah. then he will heal the bloodshed within our community. Yes, but we have yeah. to do our part. Amen. So it's an if-then relationship. But it says that, 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 it says that the, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. The place were shaken where they were assembled together. Let us first note that the word assemble um, is the ecclesia, which is the um, called out ones. This is the Greek word used for church. So, 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 but yet we need to keep in mind that the church building is not the church. It's not, it's, it, it, it's not the, the, the church. Um, the, the church is wherever we choose to assemble. It's wherever we choose to assemble. You know, so we are the church. But it says when they had assembled the place where they together, assembled together, the place where they assembled was shaken. Don't you know we can assemble anywhere? But don't you know wherever we assemble, the Lord has the power to shake the place? When we, 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 that's why when we leave um, after this and go to the corner, when the church assembles, and we begin to lift up our voices on one accord. He can shake Madisonville. He can shake Madisonville. Not only can he shake Madisonville, don't you know the Lord can shake Avondale? Not only can he shake Avondale, but the Lord can shake Bond Hill. Not only can the Lord shake Bond Hill, but he can shake over the Rhine. Not only can he shake over the Rhine, but he can shake Price Hill. Wherever the church assembles. You see, the, church, the world don't change the church. But the church changes the world. That means where no matter how high the crime rate, when the Lord, when the church assembles, there is a shaking that takes place. 
So therefore, when we lift up our voices on one accord, there began to be a shake. And now, don't you know, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. Don't you remember in Isaiah chapter 6? The angels would get excited. The seraphim angels would get excited. You know what they would do? They would lift up their voices. But not only would they lift up their voices, they would lift up their voices on one accord. Yes, sir. One would start and one, have you ever started up a song and somebody else catch it too? One would say, holy, 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 that the whole world is full of his glory. Before you know it, they in unison. And before you know it, God gets happy because, because he, he loves the praise of his people. So God gets happy. So when God gets happy, you know what he do? He begin to pat his hand. And don't you know, for God to shake a place, he don't have to do much. All he got to do is pat his hands. And when God pats his hands in heaven, don't you know the heavens shake? Did they not say that the post of the door moved as a voice of him who cried? So he, he, he pat his hands and the place shook. But not only that, I believe that Paul and Silas was in prison. They was in prison. But yet they had a rough night. But through it all, they lifted up their voices on one accord. And they began to sing hymns. And don't you know I can see God getting happy? But instead of patting his hand, he just pats his feet. And don't you know something happens when God pats his feet? Because when I last checked, the earth, the heaven is his throne, but the earth is his footstool. So if his footstool, when he pats his feet, don't you know the earth shakes? He can shake some things. And don't you know if God has the power to shake the, the heavens, don't you know he for surely has the power to shake the earth? But not only that, you can't tell me that there's been some shaking. There's nothing falling over. <laughs> oh, y'all don't hear me. You can't say it's an earthquake and I'm just standing like this. Earthquake. When it's a shaking, don't you know some stuff rattling? Don't you know some stuff being turned over? You know, don't you know the guy can turn around our community? Don't you know he can shake and bake some? Yes, Never had some chicken where you shake and bake? The Lord can shake and bake our community, you know? But when you, it's a manifestation within the shaking. Because don't you know when the Lord shakes the community, don't you know it affects the crime rate? Don't you know it shakes up the crime rate and makes it fall down? Don't you know when the Lord shakes the community, don't you know it affects the homicide rate? He can shake the homicide rate and make it fall down. Don't you know when the Lord shakes community? Don't you know it, it affects the suicide rate? He can make the suicide statistics go down. He affects the community when he begins to shake. So as there was a shaking, something, you know what? The shaking not only affects the community, because as they gather together on one accord, and as you begin to pray, prayer not only affects the community, but it also affects yourself. Because it says that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Something happens when we, when we begin to pray, the Lord fills us up. I heard that Brother Otis preached at 8 o'clock. Brother, Brother Otis preached at 8 o'clock, and I believe it was Ephesians uh, 5, verse 18. It says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he was sharing a sermon with me and went back and he didn't think I was going to use it. But when you, when you drunk, don't you know you can't even operate at your normal capacity. But he said when you feel with the Holy Spirit, it's different. You know, you do things that you normally can't do. 
You know, when you feel with the Holy Spirit, you're able to love where you couldn't love before. You're able to reach out where you couldn't reach out before. You, you, you're able to forgive where you couldn't forgive before. Because the Holy, the Holy Spirit, in fact, when we, when we are filled. But don't you know when we feel something else happens? When we feel, if I was to fill a cup, I don't know if I got a cup down here. I'm about to mess up this floor again. <laughs> Y'all remember that, right? <laughs> mess up this floor again. It's just water, thank you. Don't you know when we feel? That's a feeling. When we feel, don't you know this cup is filled with water? Yes, sir. We all can agree this cup is filled with water. Don't you know when we feel it leaves room for nothing else? When we feel, it says that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And don't you know when we feel, and don't you know, let me get an empty cup. One foot cup filled and one cup is empty. And don't you know, what God feels not, the devil will. The devil will. He can't fill this cup because you can't feel what is already filled. This cup is already filled. So it's nothing the devil can do with this cup, but with this empty cup. He can pour hatred. He can pour prejudice. He can pour uh, um, partiality. He can pour many different things in this cup. Ain't that what happened with King Saul? When the spirit of the Lord left him, don't you know it left him empty? It left him empty. And because he was empty, it gave the devil the opportunity to fill him. Judas was empty. That's why he was filled by the devil. And sometimes when we go to our alcohol programs, when we go to our anonymous meetings, and don't you know, this club cup is clean. This cup is clean. You know, and many a times they say, well, we want to clean you up. We want to clean you up. But don't you know, don't you remember the story when they said they, that, 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 that the, the demons left a house, and don't you know, they took a broom and they swept it. In other words, they cleaned it up. In other words, what's the problem here? But yet, he went to go get seven other demons, and don't you know, they, they came back, and they said, we moving back in. Now, what happened? Was the house clean? Yeah, it was clean. But don't you know, the house was empty. It was still empty. Unless you get filled up, that's why it's not enough just to go to anonymous programs, because that's only part of the step. Because after you get cleaned up, you got to be filled with something. The Lord wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And they say, um, normally I don't touch on many political issues when I preach, if you haven't noticed. But they say we don't really know what's in a person's heart. You know, I cannot say what's, what was in the UC police officer's heart. All I, all, I, all I know is that we all need a feeling. We all need a feeling. And without that feeling, it leaves room for prejudiceness. And sometimes prejudice don't need to be conscience. 
You know, it don't need to be conscious. You can be prejudiced and be even unconscious to us. And I'm just going to tell the truth. We all have errors where we prejudice in a little bit, whether you realize it or or not. So no matter who you are, we need to be filled. Amen? We need a filling. Not, Not only that, not only that, it says when they were filled. It says when they were filled. You know, the Holy Spirit manifested, and they was able to um, speak the word of God with boldness. Speak the word of God with boldness. Remember? Didn't I actually remember that? Remember, remember when a boldness was threatened? Remember when I actually remember that their boldness was threatened? Now here, after they had them prayed, because this was the issue within their day. When they had prayed, and now that, you know, they pray, they're filled, and the Holy Spirit manifests in different ways. Yes, sir. Don't you know the Holy Spirit will manifest in the very thing that you need? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, so they needed boldness because they were scared. Oh, yes, they were scared. Now, we can act all bold now, but when your life is on the line and they talking about throwing you in jail, would you, would you still hold up to the name of Jesus? Yes, so he gave them what they need. And don't you know that Jesus can manifest in what we need? Cannot the light of the world not manifest in light? Cannot the balm of Gilead not manifest in healing? Can can he not manifest this type of way? But but, but, but as we go on, as we go on, as I I, uh, began to close, I'm not closing yet, but I'm close. I close twice now, so this is my close before the close. You know, my pre-close. I want y'all thinking I misled y'all. Say <laughs> you close and preach 15 minutes long. <laughs> As I take my seat. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. It says that seek and you shall find. What's the second one that it says? It says, uh, 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 knock and a door shall be open. And what, what is that third thing it says? Uh, ask. Oh, thank you. Ask and it shall be given. So, okay. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be open. This is the if-then relationship, right? So it says that everyone who knocks, the door shall be open. Don't you know, I went to go visit a family member. I went to go visit a family member, and, and I went, but I haven't been there like in maybe five years. And so I forgot the way to get to their house. So I called them to ask for directions and also to ask for their address. So I know di- the directions, and I know the address. So I pull up to the house. I pull up to the house, and I get out of my car, and I begin to knock on the door. I begin to knock on the door, and I'm just... I'm just knocking, and I'm ringing the doorbell. I'm knocking on the door. But don't you know, there was no answer. There was no answer. And so um, after all that, I keep on knocking. But still, this door is not open. And so I'm giving them a call back. You know how you peep through the windows? You know, because I'm knocking, and this door is not open. So I give them a call, and I said, I'm right in front of your house. And I'm knocking on the door. And this door is not open. They replied, I think you're at the wrong house. 
I think, so I said, so I, so I seen the address right in front of me because now I'm getting irritated because they trying to play me. So I read the address and I say, ain't this your address? 1101 da 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 da. They said, no, that's not the address. So could it be that the reason the door was not open is because I was knocking at the wrong door? Knocking on the wrong door. But I thought knocking, knocking a door shall be open. But the true question is, are you knocking on the right door? You know what I had to do? I had to get back in my car, <laughs> return on the ignition, drive the next block down, go back to the right house where the address matched, re-knocked on the door, and don't you know what happened? Something happened when I knocked. Now I knocked, and the door was open. In church, I want to tell you, sometimes we get mad at God. We get mad at God. You say, I've been knocking for years, and you have not upheld your promise. I've been knocking on this door. I've been knocking on this blessing, but the Lord has not opened the door. I'm mad at God, but God wishes to make his case today. Perhaps that's not the address God gave you. Perhaps, you know, with the, you know, with the house that got the name on it, and don't you know, if it's a house that's for you, it got your name on it. Oh, yeah. And if you knock in what has your name on it, sooner or later the door will open. Oh, yeah. But the reason that the first house didn't open, because it didn't have the proper name associated to it. It was not the blessing with my name on it. You, you need to knock on what God has for you. And when you knock in on what God has for you, I declare sooner or later, the door will open. Within our community, within our community, we have a lot of issues. We have a lot of problems. And I can see people knocking on City Hall's door. They knocking on City Hall's doors. Not only are they knocking on City Hall's door, but they going over to the mayor office. And they knocking on the mayor's door. But yet, the door is not open. So they go back and they go to the governor's office and they knocking on the governor's door. But yet, the door is not open. So I know what we need to do. We need to go to the White House and we knocking on the White House door. But the door is not open. Church, could it be that we going through all these things all the way up to the White House, but could it be that we're not knocking on the right house? Don't you know that we must knock on heaven's door? With all our issues, we must knock on heaven's door, and we knock through prayer, and I declare sooner or later the Lord will open the door. Don't you, need open, don't you need a door open today? I declare he'll open up the door for our community. He'll open the door. Within national news, this is not the only thing that made national news today, this week. Within this national news, as I will watch CNN, 
there is a lion that has been slain. And don't get me wrong, what happened to this lion was wrong. You know, if it, said, if it happened the way they said it happened, that was wrong, but this lion has been slain. Not only was this lion a lion, but this lion was a king. Because, Bracey, when I last checked, the lion is the king of the jungle. So a king has been murdered, and a lion has been slain. But church, I feel bad for what happened to Cecil the lion. But I just want to let you know that that is not the first lion that has been slain. And that is not the first king that has been slaughtered. There is a lion in Judah. And his name is Jesus. And surely he was led as a sheep before the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shear is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. But not only, not only was he slaughtered, but Jesus, as Cecil the lion, Jesus truly was slain. Now, now, now I don't think Cecil is going to come back from that. You know, I don't think he's going to come back from that. But yet, Revelation chapter 5, there is a book. There is a book in heaven. And the book was next to the throne. But the only problem was that no one was found worthy to open the book. John would say, I looked. And on earth, no one was found worthy to open the book. Under the earth, no one was found worthy to open the book. No one was found worthy to open a book. So John would say that I wept. I wept because no one was found worthy to open the book and to release the seals thereof. Finally, the elder would say to him, weep not. Behold the Lion of Judah, of the tribe of, Ju- of, 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 of Jesse, for he is worthy to open the book and to release the seals thereof. And church, I want to close by telling you today that Jesus lives, and he lives. And don't you know, because he lives, I can face my tomorrow. Church, I just want to let you know today, because he lives, our fear is gone. And for I know he holds my future. And life is just worth living all because he lives.